0: Said the Lord is good. If you believe it, say an amen. amen. Can you greet somebody on your left and your right this morning? Tell the person you are blessed. Say welcome to another good day. Say welcome to another blessed day in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's quickly commence by um, doing our usual, which is taking the glory of the Lord. Uh, this morning, let's take you from Jeremiah chapter 10. We are reading 11 verses from verse 6 all the way to verse 16, right? Yeah. I love this. All right, one two, let's go. There is none
1: like you, O Lord. You are great, and yes. great is your name in might.
0: We should Lord. not fear you, O King of the nations.
1: Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, is not like you,
0: but they are altogether stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Beaten silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz, the work of a craftsman and of the hands of a goldsmith. Ballet and popular, their clothing. they are all the work of skilled men. For the Lord is a true God, he is a living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Thus we shall say to them, The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is He who made the earth by His power, who established the world by His wisdom, and by His understanding He has stretched out the heavens. When He utters His voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and it causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. It makes lightning for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid, the void of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless. They work of mockery. at the time of their punishment, they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like this. For the maker of all is he, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Hallelujah. Don't you feel good just reading that? Huh? Yes. Don't you feel good? I do. Just like to declare the glory of the Lord. One of the things you must learn to do is to lift up the name of the Lord over situations. Sometimes you have prayed and prayed. You don't know what else to pray. (laughs) You know what to do? Just lift up the name of the Lord over the situation. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. I just lift out the name of God over situations. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Oh, God, we'll continue talking about it today. You must learn. You must fill your head with knowledge. And this is what we we'll do with it. All right? Not to harass people, but to establish the Power, the glory of God over everything around us. Hallelujah! All right, today we have come to learn the word of God. Today, is that why you are here? Yes, sir. Okay, (laughs) so we receive from Him insight. Say amen Amen. to that. Because we have prayed, we prayed uh, a few minutes ago. We believe He heard us. Our hearts are open for understanding. Our hearts are open to receive His wisdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, by faith we declare as follows. Has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I am being filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding.
1: As a result of this, I
0: am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God.
1: Now again, I incline my ears to His word.
0: word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. Is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. All right, once again, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another session of drinking of the Spirit of Christ, so that we will become the image of God that He created us to be that is the aim now we've been looking at um, the faith foundations for the Christian work for some time, and again, we are not done with it yet don't we're not even close to being finished. <laughs> Anybody that has the patience to study this from the beginning, especially if you go to the recorded ones and finish at the end, the Lord will bless you honestly. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be transformed by the entrance of the word. So, um, last time, or for some time now, the last two sessions, I think, we have been talking about how to increase our faith. Last time, I began to talk about the issue of going for knowledge and for understanding. I remember last time I told us we must take our faith seriously and that many people don't. And many Christian parents, they worked with God for a long time, but they neglect the the discipline to pass the faith on to their children. They do. It's very common. I see it all the time. I see parents are usually unwilling for their children to make the sacrifices they made. Do you get my point? They feel like, ah, that was a risk. It wasn't a risk. It was faith. And this child must walk inside that faith also. I hope you're getting my point. It's very important. It's an assignment that we often neglect, all right, to do. We don't realize how crucial it is. Moses got into trouble for not circumcising his son. And there's a lesson in it for us. I'm I'm not going to teach on that now, but there's a series we did some time ago titled, The Learning from Moses. All right? And there's one particular message that titled, Why God Killed Moses. And then there are two of them, one in which why God almost killed Moses, and one in which why God actually killed Moses. I think there are some, I can't remember the exact titles, Okay? It's very important. It's a very long series, also learning from Moses. Very long. In fact, we have to have we had to have subtitles, you no, know, like sub. Um, what do you call it? No, sub sections. Yes, and it's very very long. I think we up to 30 messages, if I remember well, about two sections. Okay, yes. And I remember now. That section is titled the survival and the death of Moses. Yes, and the number of messages under it. The whole thing is learning from Moses. All right. We learned from Moses in different groups, but one of them is titled The Survival and Death of Moses. Okay? Yes, I remember. It's quite a long series. So please, I'm recommending for somebody to go and listen to it so that we don't um, neglect to do our duties, especially towards our children. God gave us these children, not so that we have somebody to carry our names. That's, that's, that's irrelevant under the New Testament. God gave us the children to help, to work with him, to train them in righteousness. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, it's important. It's not everybody God wants to save at the age of 75 and then call to God and start walking around the wilderness. Do you follow my point? There are people that from childhood, he wants them to know the Holy Scriptures. That's what Paul wrote concerning Timothy. He said, from childhood you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. It was said, I mean, I don't know, we don't have the exact facts, but it is believed that Timothy was still a teenager. When he was pastoring, well, he was the apostle. The real title actually is apostle. He was the apostle in charge of the church in Ephesus. And they said they they numbered a few tens of thousands. And that's why Paul had to write to him, don't let anyone despise your youth. He had to tell him how to treat older people, how to treat younger people. He was really very young. But why could he do that? Because from his childhood, he had known the Holy Scriptures. Why? His mother knew the Scriptures. Why? His grandmother knew the scriptures. Lois and Eunice, the names of his mother and grandmother. All right? So it's important. Let's, not, let's make that tradition, that culture, we must revive it. Your primary responsibility is to train your children. That's your primary responsibility. Now, let me just say this. I always drop things here and there. This is not um, a criticism of boarding house. I went to boarding house in secondary school. Okay? I did. I went to a boarding house. I was there for four years. Even in in the fifth year, half of the time I was in the hostel with my friends. But, the reason personally, I didn't send any of my children to boarding house is because I just believe that you can't do a job as good as my wife and I can do. That's my reason. Nothing wrong. So if you think somebody else can do it, fine. But personally, no. I don't believe you can. I believe that I can do a better job. I believe I'm more dedicated because they are my children. That's my reason. I believe that I will pay better attention. Now, please, I'm not saying boarding houses are bad. I can run a boarding house because there are times I just feel like I will do better than these parents. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But tell you are giving a smartphone to your child at the age of um, 10, you're, you're, you're a very bad parent. You can't own a smartphone. You can borrow mine if you have to do something. But I can't give you one. It can't be on WhatsApp, chat, be on Facebook. What are you looking for there? There are parents who want to collect their children. I'll give them back to you in five years. True. So I'm not saying it is totally bad. I'm just going to emphasize the fact that training the children in righteousness is our primary responsibility. God needs it. It's not good we keep saying this but it's unfortunate that that's the way it is. Do you know generally speaking I think God has you no know, before Jesus comes back we have work to do. You know what I'm saying? So if you see certain principles of life as a group of people, you know Muslims do far better than Christians. They're generally less materialistic. Their contentment, you know threshold is very low. Generally They are more dedicated to their religion. Now, that's not the part I want to talk about. If you see the way they enforce that the children learn, generally, Christians should learn a lesson. It's as if sometimes because you have the real power with you, you are too lazy. I wish you could take that real power and put in the dedication necessary. I wish you could. Once I was in Sokoto, that was when I heard this side. He said that when a, a Muslim child is born, the first thing he hears, the, early, the grandmother is waiting outside. As soon as he the child the collects the child and screams into both ears. Tells him who's the greatest. The first thing he hears when he comes to the world. God told Moses, he said these words, these laws that I've given you, well, Moses was telling, of course, he had to prophesy for the people. He said, these words will first be in your, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm trying to open to that. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Don't bother opening to it, I'll read it out for you. He said, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. He said, these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Notice verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. Notice that word. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. It's your assignment. The word diligently is what I want you to note. He said, you shall teach them diligently. It's a responsibility. You shall do that work with all your heart. How do you do that? He said, you will talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house, and on your gates. Where I want is just that, verse 7. If you read out in the Amplified Bible, he said, you shall wet, that is, and sharpen them, so as to make them penetrate, and teach and impress them diligently upon the minds and hearts of your children. Amplified Bible will hit some things there. Eh? <laughs> he said you shall wet and sharpen those words so as to make them penetrate. And teach and impress them diligently upon the minds and hearts of your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down when you when you rise up. There's a kind of army of God that he needs to raise from childhood. I hope you're getting my point. It's okay for you to know the Lord when you are 45 years old. Welcome. I mean, somebody knew him on the cross when he was about to die. I hope you're getting my point. I will thank God for that. It's okay, thank God, if you finally made it on your deathbed. After the doctors have said there's no hope, they will come and persuade you. (laughs) It's all right. Better than nothing. Better than nothing. But you know what God really wants? What he really wants is for you to learn it from childhood. You have somebody like Demo Shakarian. When do you give your life to Christ? He doesn't know. Give my life to Christ. It has been with him forever. <laughs> because from childhood, he had known the Lord. Because if household, they saved God for generations. Generations. From one generation to another. Please, let us not break the flow. Do you get my point? Like now, you are in already. Make sure it gets to the next generation. And instruct them to pass it on to the next generation. That's how you build the army of God. You know things take time. Oh, for Abraham to be able to sacrifice Isaac without any hassle. It took God 60 years to train him. You, know, you just prove at night and then the faith required. You no know, now, some things take time. Some things take time to train Isaac to be, um, what is his name, Jacob, to be the person the Lord really created him to be. It took a long time. It took a long time. So there are things we have to start early. And God has given you the responsibility. You know, the children are not an inconvenience. Come to disturb your career. Yeah, that there's there's this attitude out there. The, the, the disturbance to your career. When I see the way human beings pursue career sometimes, you wonder that, are you going to carry this thing to heaven? In case you don't know, don't, there's no sick person in heaven no, if you're a doctor. You'll be jobless when you get there. So let me check your eyes, let me check your nose. Say, what do you do? with which resurrection body? May I blow you? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs to check the eyes or the nose or the throat or the, anything of resurrection body. And then, career, 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 career. It's an attitude in which when I've settled every other thing, I will not have time for the primary thing. It's a problem in this life. People often leave the most important thing till, this late, you know, till later. They leave it till, it's, you know, sometimes too late. Once somebody gave us a training. I missed it that day for certain reasons, but I got the gist of it later. My friends were there. In management, how to prioritize things you have to do. So the man drew a kind of table. Say, so which one should you do first? Urgent, all right, important, less urgent, less important. said, so put it in order. So of course, what does everybody put in order? Number, Which one do you do first? Urgent. His man said, that is the problem. He said, no, importance is first. Urgent is number two. So if the important thing is urgent, good. But if you find an urgent thing that's not important, do the important things first, lest the important thing becomes urgent. It was teaching not proper, of course, you know, the proper things in life are often counterintuitive. It's not what you want to do reflexly. Oftentimes they are counterintuitive. Like you, that's not what you want to do reflexly. Now, like when we're children, that time, you know, when you stand on the place, you want to fall. You know, you start swinging your hands. You've done it now. You, you stand on an edge, start swinging so you don't fall. You know, when we go to secondary school and learn physics, we stop falling. When you want to fall, you push your hand in the other direction. Balance it. But the reflex reflexes are swinging and swinging. It. Ah, it's not necessary. So you're not doing, you know, learning, training teaches you the opposite of what is instinctive. And that's the proper thing to do. Once I w- watched somebody talk teaching um, what do you call it? Race track drivers. It would explain how they make their decisions. That when they're taking a curve. You know, reflexively when you're taking a curve, you lean this way. That you lean into the inner curve, you know. Uh-huh. They say race track drivers are Taught to lean the other way. Even though naturally, as you take this curve, you come this way. They take the curve and push their bodies the other way, forcefully. Why? They need to put the pressure on the other tire. I know when when it's race, tiny fraction of a second counts. What I'm trying to say is that in life, we have to train ourselves to understand what is important. Many times, people think that um, the children are a problem, so you outsource the training of children. I have a portion of one silly career. Of course, training of children doesn't make money. It doesn't get you promoted in the office. That's where the problem is. It doesn't, you know, it, doesn't have you it doesn't make money. It doesn't help you get promoted in the office. In fact, people will look at you. You come and look for work. Are you married? You say, as yes, a woman, you say yes. Children, yes. One is four years old. Ah, they look like no vacancies. <laughs> it's not their fault. They're not trying to help you train your children. They're trying to get you to work. So it's really a conflict. But you have to learn. To prioritize what is most important. I'm talking about faith. And God judges our faith. See, faith is not just about, you know, I said it before, we're talking about, um, spiritual things. Agape, you know, stuff like that. Love, agape, faith. I explained some things that it's not a feeling. The thing about it is what decisions did you make? That's what we know. Oh, I love you so much. No, God bless you. I love you. I'm in need. You are not there. Get away. I prefer the person that hates me so much, but anytime I'm in need. Do you get my point? When I was seven, I don't know. I work in the barracks. Because the barracks are relatively, closely, knit community, and the clinic is just inside the barracks there. Sometimes I'm at work. Kitty, 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 kitty. You see everybody rushing down. They are bringing a sick person. Somebody has collapsed. A child is, something is wrong. Somebody is bleeding, so everybody is coming. As I got a reputation early, I don't know, because I don't know, I said, which kind of behavior is this one? They just let everybody into the place. So once I got there, I said, what's all of this? I said, that black doctor is around. You know, that kind of thing. They know they, they don't cross my door. Come, everybody stay outside. We need somebody to donate blood. Everybody will disappear. <laughs> That's what I'm going to so They will follow from the um, the quarters, but you will see a whole crowd. Donate blood now. Actually, I'm pregnant. Actually, I'm anemic. I donated blood last week. See, they will come a whole battalion. You cannot get two blood donors from all of them. But they can say, Pele. they come to come and say, what's really happening? What is wrong with him? Mm-hmm. He since I found him out. That's what they came to check. No they, love. That's what I'm making. So face is like that. It's not what you, it's not how you feel. I just feel confident. Mm-mm. A lot of fools are very confident. In fact, I saw some um, articles, you know, some but, but written by psychologists, and they found that the more ignorant you are, the more confident you are. Yes, the most confident people are the ones that know nothing. Somebody's learning to drive. Initially, he's feeling, I can't drive. just after, I feels okay. He wants to start doing 180 kilometers an hour between hell. You know. <laughs> but when you have a dream for some time, you know you will calm down. You will calm down. Say slow down there, slow down there. But there's nothing then that slowed down. Something may show I'm suddenly somebody will jump up from inside the bush. I told you, it's experience. But the ones that I don't know. <laughs> so feeling confident is not what it is. That's what I'm making. You want to know whether you have faith or you don't. Check the decisions you are making reflexly. How do you decide things? Like I said to your dad, you have to learn how to read science in your life. It's not how confident you feel. You want to do something, do you take time out to pray reflexly? If you do, then you are trusting in God. But if you rush and say, "Um, don't worry, we'll pray later, then you are not trusting in God. Because if you were trusting in Him, He would be the first person you want to engage. Do you really have faith? Faith makes demands. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it again today. Faith will make a demand on your time, on your plans. My wife said something the other day. No, she did something, and we know somebody there. All right. She said, "I've prayed about it." I said, "Did you call this person?" She said, "No." I said, "Why not?" She said, "Let me just trust God to do this." I mean, must I know somebody? Of course. My this somebody I know very well. If I call, he will leave whatever he's doing to go and pursue it. He didn't call him. She said, no. You know, when you're a man of God, you cannot be seen to be opposing acts of faith. Even though you're a man, you're only like, okay, I've, I've learned to respect people's uh, remar dealings. Whatever God is I mean, don't oppose it. And of course, was it up to a week after we had that talk? Less than two weeks after, maybe a week, you just got a call. Your stuff is ready. Approval, granted. We can come and pick it up. In my mind, well, thank God I did not oppose faith when faith was taking actions. I hope you're getting my point. She just, just said, no, I've prayed about it. I beg, let me let God do this one for me. So I said, okay, fine. Faith makes demands. That's the truth. There will be actions you are taking, which will cost you. You know, economics, they talk about opportunity Is That thing should be taught alongside faith. If your faith is never costing you money, it's never costing you opportunities, I doubt that you really have faith. Yes. Faith we look at, see, you're a young woman, fine woman, good Christian girl. See, this man is rich, this one is not. And two of them are on your case. They, they are, look, they have fought Agbiru for your case. They have jumped river, they have even talked to MC Ulu for your case. You get my point. <laughs> and then you just get up one day. And then, of course, all your friends think, oh, this is a decision you make. Say, "Lie, lie," And then you do, why? Faith will just tell you you can't do that. No, faith does strange things. They will offer you a job. Faith to say you can't take it. Why? But this job is good now. Like one of our brothers, first man gave him a job. He had a letter with him, we're just supposed to go and report, and they will post him to where, the branch where he will report. Then he passed by Kingdom World Office. I don't know what he came to do. While waiting, he picked the book. Don't quit the army. He read the back. He didn't read the inside. He read the back. And I put a warning at the back. Don't. Is that book there? Eh? Okay, we don't have print copies anymore. Okay, but the the e copies are available online. But there's a, there's a one at the back. Don't read this book. Except you intend to save God. I put a warning there because when you finish reading it, you're in trouble. You have to obey or be judged. He just read the back, what the book was about. He said, As soon as you finish reading, he realize that faith says you can't take that job. Nothing wrong with the job, but good job. He needed the money. But faith said to him, If you take that job, you'll be quitting the army. There's a duty post where I kept you, money is about to draw you away from there. Just gently left. Say, thank you, First Bank. The Lord bless you. Yeah, faith does that. Do you really have faith? It's decisions you are making because of the word of God. That will let you know. It's not, I just, I, I feel, I just know. I just I knew that I knew. I knew it. I just know. Foolish people also know. But is there faith? Actions. I went into that talking about children again. Just, I'm just trying to review what we said last week. So I'm, I'm now stuck there. There are times you just look and say, "See," and that's why. Listen, I've been saying this again and again. Don't let me get angry on behalf of the Lord with you. You be telling me stupid things like, "Because Asu may go on strike," so that is, you know people. That's how you know you value natural education more than spiritual education. There's nothing wrong with your child finishing secondary school, so you're not going to university yet. What are you doing? You're taking a year to go and learn the Bible. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, we read books sometimes. You hear, very common with um, people in the Western world, Americans especially, somebody finishes university, there's a job waiting, he says no. He wants to go to Asia first. He wants to go and see the world. Some of them will just carry one or two books, drive their car around the United States, sleeping in strange places. They have a tent. What are they doing? They are trying to discover themselves. At night, on that day when the, maybe <laughs> the moon is out, he sits at the back of his truck and is reading a book, and he do that for a whole year. Then finally, come and settle down to start working. What am I going to say? See, spiritual education is important. Let's give it time, also. All right, I'm talking about with the children. They cost you, they cost you energy, they cost you. I was talking about opportunity cost. You know, some people want to change jobs or change geographical location. And you ask them, what about the children? And they are like, what did you say? I said, the children, call. um, um, they didn't have any plans. What is the plan for, th-? I'm not saying that what you're doing is wrong, but didn't you, th- you have three children. And so, what about them? Or you think all there is to eat is money? I think I read this, this one to us about two weeks ago. One young man, you know, family friend. I said, it's, "It's going abroad." I said, "Oh, that's nice." I said, "Wait, oh, you're going abroad?" Yeah. He said, "I said, but your father is a your father owns a private hospital." He said, "Yes." I said, "So when you're gone, who's going to run it?" Now, I, I wasn't. I, I was just. You see, let me just say something about life here. Eh? One of the ways you make decisions well is to ask questions. Ask yourself. Just be asking questions. Read the, um, the Ben Carson's book. Take that risk. Beautiful decision-making, you know, algorithm he put inside there. How to go from one point to another, to another. And really, if you do that with an enlightened heart, you'll be surprised how you discover the will of God at least seven times out of ten, without too much hassle. And what I'm advising Christians is that just ask a lot of questions. As we're asking questions, you know, as we're asking those questions, insight will come. You know what is right, what is wrong. Most times what to call the will of God is nothing more than what is right and what is wrong. And that's why the Bible says that strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised their senses enough to be able to discern between that which is good and evil. A lot of Christians just want to, they want to make a decision. Ishkaba, so Ishkaba, Ishkaba, Ishkaba. Say pray unto your spirit. Lead that thing. When you want to make a decision as a child of God, nine times out of ten I have found out. Nine times out of ten, just think. And come to a conclusion concerning right and wrong. Sometimes I say, I, want it. I got this offer of a job. I'm supposed to move from the live where I'm going. They say, oh, that's nice. So, ah, wow, your pay is going up almost twice. Wow, that's great, that's great. <laughs> so, I'm supposed to take it. I say, Pastor, what do you think? I say, ah, what do you mean, what do I think? It's good now. You know, that kind of thing. I said, so have you resigned from your office? You know, that simple question, like, when are you planning to resign? There's, only, there's a pause. Uh, uh, this will say I have to resume in a week. I said, but where you are working, have you given them any notice? No, sir. This opportunity is open for only one week. If you don't take it within this week, they take somebody else. But where you have been working for the last five, six years, you're just going to go to work and tell them you are going? Sure you know your head is not correct. I don't care the opportunity. No. Tell the people, ah, please, oh, I love this, your job is nice. But the pay is encouraging, is stimulating, is salivating, is enticing. But I cannot live where I'm working now. I know the kind of work I do. Minimum, I need to give them two months' notice. I will spend at least the next six weeks training the I know the guy who's who can take do my job, but it needs six weeks of my time for him to be able to fit in properly. And if you're not going to wait, I know the will of God already. I can't take your job. Do you know this generation? Most people just say no. Opportunity. And you look at it. Oh, you call it an opportunity. Opportunity to be destroyed also comes. Now, what is wrong with you? Opportunity to end your destiny comes every day. And always looks nice. As God really said, it's always like that. The devil never come and say, Come, I want to destroy your life. Follow me. If you are the devil, will you do that? You come to people and say, See, this is your life. God has a plan for you. I think let's walk together so we can scuttle the plan of God. He won't come like that. You say, Bow to me and I will give you all these things. It's not the world you want to save. That's how Satan operates. So somebody just by thinking, just by thinking, just by thinking, you descend the will of God. So Now, let me say something. That's what I tell my wife all the time. I say, listen, God has given us one. He doesn't tell us too many things, though. He will not tell you, if you marry this man, in eight years' time, he's going to stab you in one eye. In 15 years' time, he's going to stab you in the heart, and you're going to die. You're going to leave your children motherless. He's not going to tell you that. He won't give you any insight. That is, he will just tell you one thing. Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That's all. So you go to church, the guy comes, your friends just say, who? Him. Fred. Forget him. He's not a Christian. When he comes to church, I know that guy. He's not a serious believer. That's all. That's all. You know, the only funny thing, the way God would do it sometimes, two people won't even tell you. Only one person will tell you. Only one person. That's all. The, the, two people won't tell you. You know, say, ah, but what, uh, uh, two or three witnesses. No, God said, no, no, no. See, let me tell you something. If they told you, if one person told you that this would be about to eat has salmonella, that's type fever inside. Only one person. Will you eat it? That is, you value your health, even though you know the chance that that guy is telling lies is very high. But why take the chance? Do you know that kind of thing? <laughs> and this is very, look, nice. If you see the jollof rice, Ghanaian one on this side, Nigerian one on this place, you know. Tunisian plantain here, yeah, everything. You know, the barbecue is Mexican, everything together. The only option you have is bread and coke. When you tell Salmonella, "I said,, if we are alive, there's always an opportunity to eat. You push the food aside. Yeah, only one person told you. So you value your health. So sometimes only one person told me, and I was no, God says, Do you value your faith? If you valued your faith, I know how you'll have reacted. And that's all he's testing. Just asking questions, what I'm going to say. So that kind of situation I say, should I take the job or not? I said, No, just one thing God will just tell you. Faithfulness. You work in a place for five years. You know how critical you are in their operations. Somebody comes to you and I say, Come, I'll double your salary. But God has said there's no problem. Tell him he has to come in one month, in, in one week. So you tell the person, play, ah, I like your job. In fact, good opportunity to for career improvement, to learn more and earn more, of course. Ah. But I'm sorry where I'm coming from, I need two months before I can disengage. And the man says, I can't wait. He so said, then God has spoken. Let me tell you another thing. If you go home to go and pray, you have sinned. What do I mean by you have sinned? Let me go and see whether God says I should go. That is a sin. He said, thank you, Balaam. Balaam has possessed your soul. I'm just giving you an idea on how to discover the will of God just by thinking. Now, know, it's the children matter I was talking about. Some people make decisions. Okay, what about the children? What? I'm not saying what you are right or wrong, but did you consider them? Because where you are going, sometimes you look at it, between your wife and you, right now, this is what God is giving you guys, and you have enough time for this and that. Because, listen, where you are going, I will need your wife to work on these three, four kids, full time. That's the only condition. She gets there, she can't walk. Then, when you now add, is it, say, It's really an improvement. <laughs> you, no, you not look at it. And God says, Just consider them. That's what I'm saying. No. Just consider them. You'll be amazed at how you will do the will of God just by considering the right things. So, the young woman once went to preach, I think it was in, somewhere in Anambra, anyway. Yeah, somewhere in Anambra. I'm not sure which of the places now. She came to see me, show me. Of course, at the end of preaching, people were talking to me. So she showed me the kind of work she does and all of that. Oh, beautiful. I can't remember exactly what. Creative, you know, hand stuff. Very creative. And she just finishing the NYSE. So I said, what's the plan? Carrying can't remember what she, I just said, whichever job you take, don't let this thing die. Oh. What I meant to do, I was just simple. I said, it's, it's simple. You need to work for this thing to continue. You're young. You need to earn some money. Fine. I don't have a you Take a job. I said, but well, please don't take a job where you have to start at 7 in the morning come back home 8 p.m. I don't care how much they will pay. This gift of God must not be allowed to lie dormant. And many people have caused that to happen. And Satan, that's what he does, offer them something so that the gift can die. I found out that see, every gift dies that you don't give time. You know, I'm discovering something. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm losing direction. Anytime I say something, people want me to explain some more. So, I will not explain it. So I can go back to what I'm going to say. <laughs> The Lord is good. So let me just stick what I'm saying. So I'm just reviewing just one thing we said last week. Let's make our decisions. Just along the line, i used use that one to explain how decision-making can be very easy if you ask the right questions. But the main thing I was trying to say is that, please, let's train the generation of faith-filled hearts for God. Faith-filled hearts from childhood. It's, prior, it's work. Somebody may, somebody may not pay you a salary for it, but God says it's my duty. Do it. Do you get my point? All right, the Lord is good. of the just trying to review what we said last week. Just one thing. Okay, so I'll, I'll rush to the review. Just remind us some things we said. Remember, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will say that spirit is not just <sighs> receive the Holy Spirit. That's half of it, right? There is cloven tongues of fire falling upon them, and they began to stagger, be like they were drunk, And they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. I said, that is only half of it. That the other half we often forget is that when Peter and co were brought before the elders and they were told not to speak in that name again, that, of course, after they are healed that man at the gate called beautiful, we remember that the Bible says that when Peter, you know, in in defense, spoke so eloquently, people said, it looks like they have been with Jesus is a reason why they are speaking so well. But we said that was the observation of the uninformed. Yes, being with Jesus was part of it, but that only laid a foundation for them to be able to receive the Holy Spirit. It was being filled with the Spirit that gave them that understanding, that ability to speak so eloquently. So we said that part of the thing that the Holy Spirit does is to fill us with the knowledge of God. And many people received the Holy Spirit, the only thing they received is tongues. In fact, many people who claimed they received the Holy Spirit, they became more silly than before. Their, their foolishness level increased. What does that tell you? That Holy Spirit is not correct. They need to receive it again or receive him again. Funny enough, you know, there are things you've heard me say here before. I, w- I was in Sokoto last week, and Pastor Oji said exactly the same thing. And here, I never discussed He didn't know I said it. I did not know. He said, this is something he's been trying to correct. That when you tell Christians, pray for this person, they just say, Ah, you say, What did they start to do? Everybody understood. They start speaking in tongues. They said, What kind? He said, What's the first thing you should I have done? Should I say, A About what? So they said, No, the Holy Spirit, say, that is, is not true. the way we say it, most of the things we do, what we say we are praying in other tongues, is laziness. Is laziness. We are not filled with knowledge, we are not filled with understanding. And that's not what the Holy Spirit came to do. That's why you will see in scripture every time they had problems. Didn't you see your Bible? The word they spoke was written for you. They never told that. And when they began to pray, all of them began to speak in tongues. Never. You won't see that once in your scriptures. Did you see that? They lifted up their voice in one accord and they said. They will tell you what they said. Every time you hear that they 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 were speaking in tongues, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Something happened beforehand. And the overflow of that, and indeed, re- please read my book, "Be Filled with the Spirit." That book I try to explain. Let's collect the Holy Spirit completely. Let's not take the lazy half of it. I hope you're getting my point. When the Holy Spirit fills people, look when they feel the, Jesus Christ drove into the wilderness. You see signs just beyond. You no, know, the problem I have is that a major part of the outpouring of the Spirit is. Filling us with knowledge and understanding. The spirit of insight. The spirit of knowledge. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of the fear of God. Do you know we seem to hear, get, is it what? The spirit of tongues. You talk to every tongue-speaking person today, he doesn't know do anything in the Bible. Apart from my papa said. Which is not in the Bible. It's true. If you are filled with the spirit, issue that is, listen to me, when you, when you are filled with the spirit, you know the truth? And this is look, look, look. It's not I'm saying it that it, it now don't do me what actually happened to us on campus. It's as I'm saying it now, it hit me. I was about to tell other people's story. and I said, Banky, no, no. You you will also experience it now. I said that is true. I came to a campus one day, this is part of the spirit thing. Do you get my point? So at the, at the end of the day, what did we used to do? Pursue everywhere looking for where to learn the word. That thing put hunger inside you. It's not I'm explaining it to you, and I realized that, that was what happened. You see, you, we went to, I was in LCC. You hear that All Saints Fellowship, they invited Bishop Half of the every. all of you, all of you will pack yourself. You get my point? whole fellowship, all the brethren there. You pack yourselves and go to another fellowship because they have a guest minister. We spend, And you are listening, you are listening, you are listening. Eh? Then tomorrow, He came to town. All of us will pack ourselves, go all the way. Church of God's Mission, in Jireh, Benin, to go and listen to Benihil. You hear that, hey, so I remember, oh, I've told this story before. The first day, somebody brought a tape of Kenneth Hagin preaching. I have the message now, the mercy of God. You know hey <laughs> God.
1: I still have that picture in my head.
0: I know the room. Hall 3, Block D, room 203. I can see this picture where the tape recorder was. How people laid on beds, sat on chairs, leaned against desks, sat down, and we're hearing Ken Higgin say, It is not what God can do, but what he has to do. And, like, you know, you're listening, like, Oh, so, 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 You know, I'm telling you, those people, like, he, Kennedy Higgin, ah, oh, that is his voice, that is his voice. Next time you see some brethren preaching. They're telling you, it is not what God can do, but what he yearns to do. <laughs> I still remember. I'm not kidding. Who got that? What? And I told you the story of the day, the, the guy, I think he's in Lagos, one of our seniors, the minister of the gospel. I remember his name, his fullness. He went for Ignite Book Fair. And he held the book. I think it's the father and his family. E W K N Let me not mix one. I think his father and his family are EWKM. And I said, those are getting EWKM books. The big ones, eh? The two first two I got, I wrote them, they sent to me. Yes. So to, that's don't know, NYC. This was when I was still on campus. I saw the man. Excuse me, sir. It was my senior. Also a medical student, but my senior. Please, Professor, excuse me, sir. Please, can I just be looking at this book while you are checking other books? So he gave me the book. I stopped. I stood there and started reading. I stood. When, he, when he finished, he wanted to go. Can I have my book? Thank you. God bless you, sir. Took his book. Then I got to my room. Who did I see? That I was upstairs. I was on first floor. I saw him under a tree, washing. I quickly ran down. said, sir, why you are you washing? Can I borrow the book? So I thought maybe he said, let me go and get it. He just lifted a pile of clothes and brought the book from under. He had it with him. Gave it to me. He said, look, you like this book so much. I said, I do. He said, I give you for two days. God of miracles. Honestly. I like God. What did I do? What make you love me so? That is, this is the love of God manifested. I took the book. I ran away. I did next to nothing but studied that book. Every opportunity. You know, you go to class, tell which story. As soon as the lecturer is done, you are in one corner, you are reading. Because I said I have to go to class. Lecture, next lecturer, put the book down. You finish. As soon as that one goes there, you bring down the book again. You bring to one corner. Ah, go to class. Read what? What is physiology going to Who physiology help? Look. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading... I always say this is half of the story, but not not, not the whole story. It was months later. The well, what you call the president of my fellowship, we called them GCs, the Jesus of my fellowship before me, when he was in the same room at that time, he told me that he, said, that he has already the father in the family. Like ah, Pastor E, where did you he get your he own? call calling Pastor E? He said that same one you were reading. I said no, it's not possible. I had that book with me all the time. And as soon as the two days were over, I gave back to the owner. So how could you have read it there? He said he came back from class one night. He saw me sleeping. <laughs> he did not have the book. He just saw me sleeping, and he saw the book on the on the table right beside the bed. I can see picture that bed and where the table was arranged. He saw the father and his family, E.W. a man who came back from hostel to, from class to sleep around 12 midnight. He took the book, sat down, and read it till morning. By the time I woke up, he was done. He had dropped it back for me on the same spot. He didn't shift it at all. I woke up, I thought my <laughs> book was still there. Yes, that's what he did. I, was, I said, what? Pastor, he? he said that's the one he read. He came from, hostel, from class to come and sleep. He did not sleep the whole night. Because he knew that next day I'll collect my book back. I'm going to give back to the owner. Now, what am I trying to say? Do you know, it's as I'm telling you now, I realized that it was not our personal zeal; it was the feeling of the spirit. That's what it did for us. It was the feeling of the spirit. So, please, please read my book. Um, Receive the Holy Spirit. If all you have received is tongues, you have it remains small. Come back. No, come back seriously. Or, like Paul said, kindle that spirit. You can't receive tongues alone. and you tell me that you are filled with the Spirit. And you are walking in ignorance. You open your mouth, you are, you are still doing die by fire. You know, like all uh, oh, my enemies, four, 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 four. No, now. You need to be filled with the Spirit. Because if you are filled with the Spirit, see, that's what the Bible calls the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of, may um, God gives you the Spirit of what? Knowledge, understanding, revelation, the knowledge of Him. Yes. You know, the eyes of your understanding will be what? Enlightened. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. That is why I say it. I still mean it. I read, I read that book. I think a lot of times people say they are speaking in tongues in church. They are talking gibberish. They are talking nonsense they heard somebody else say. We are human, even parrots can learn. So human beings do that. And our same brethren do it. Though. If you need to listen to Kennehagen, you go to Bible, study next, next, tomorrow. You church, uh, Bible study tomorrow. The person beside you, ah. Oh, it was you listen to that tape too. He's talking tongues of Kennehagen. I saw it happen. I hope you're getting my point. Please get me right. I am saying that when the Holy Spirit comes, one major thing it does for you. You know, I said that, learn to read science. One major thing it does for so it gives you insight. It gives you understanding. It gives you, at least that's from our experience I was telling you, there's this thirst to know the will of God, to know the word of God that comes upon you. You'll be pursuing it like this. Knowledge, no Like the Bible says, it will, be, it will be sweet to your soul. It will be sweet to your soul. You just get pleasure from Ah! Did you get what Paul said here? Paul said that when we see him, we shall be like him. John said. Woo! Wow! He started harassing everybody. They're like, what is wrong with this guy? You know the truth? You are filled with the spirit. (laughs) There's a book I read once, E.W. Kenya. Two kinds of faith. I was in our pharmacy block. We used to share some um, classrooms. LT4. I don't know whether I was in LT3 or LT4 that day reading, but I think it was LT4. So I came to class with the book, slim, all of the smaller canyons. those are the easier ones for us to get. So I opened the book. I just got the book. Two kinds of faith. Whether I or I borrow, I don't know. I think it's borrow. We know, like our room, we had a lot of you know people things just flip-flop. So it was my turn. I took the book. So I took it to class. So I had a habit. If I come to class to study, I usually spend the first 30, 45 minutes studying my scriptures. Was just a habit I had in school. So if I'm reading a Kenetician book, uh, maybe like uh, two kinds of um, uh, Love the Way of Victory. When I get to class, I'll do like two chapters of Kenetician first, with all the necessary um, um, references. Then when I'm done, maybe after 13 minutes, an hour, I drop that and I bring my pathology textbook and I start reading. That's what I used to read when I was a medical student. So that day, I brought out my two kinds of faith to read. What the man wrote inside, you know. I can't remember for sure now. Except I couldn't sit down. You know, if you look back now, you now realize what happened. Literally, the spirit came out of the book and entered me. And literally set me on my feet. I couldn't sit down. So I would read something like this. My body would start shaking. So, so I realized I was disturbing people. It, do you get my point? You're in class now. You're like... Ah, the, ah. You know, you are, you are... ooh. So I quickly closed the book. I went... I left, that's what I remember. I went to the back of LT4. I don't know whether I came out of LT3 or LT4, but I went to the back of LT4. There was a bench out there. I sat down, I started reading. So this time when I could vibrate. So I was doing my vibration. I was stomping my feet. And, you know, la, la, le, kabo, Hello, Father God. I thank you. You know, then one guy came, sat on the other side of the bench. Like, that's your problem. I left class for all of you. You have come here. I don't care. I continued. If he disturbs you, we leave. I said, no, I don't care now that I shouldn't do this talk. Kind of, I, I left the class. Didn't I leave the class? I came outside. You see, now here you won't know, come sit down. Evil spirit. I'm not even going. That's why I read the book. I read that. I was trembling. I was literally vibrating, jumping up and down the chair. You know, it's now I'm telling you these stories. I'm realizing what really happened. It was the Holy, No, that was literal Holy Spirit. Actually, I said, are you drunk? Do you get my point? Literally, I've been. Are you drunk? Then I went to the room. I finished the book. I put it down. One brother, he laid down and wanted to sleep. He carried the same book to read. He started jumping up and down the bed. No, I'm I'm telling you, God is my witness. I was there. He started jumping up and down the bed. He was jumping. Oh, oh, oh. You know exactly how I reacted. He was jumping up and down the bed. I'm turning. I said, Remember, he, turning, you know, he had a wrapper on him. Turn like this. Flip over. He said, Bank, you read this book? I said, I did. He said, Are you able to sit down? <laughs> I said, Who told you I sat down? I said, Who told you I sat down? You know, you know the funny part. What did you think? Oh, good. Then, if you lay and somebody fell down We said that was Holy Spirit. Do you know this one I'm telling you? That we didn't think it was Holy Spirit. We thought the knowledge inside was so exciting. No, it wasn't. It literally breathed the Holy Spirit out. That was what was going on. Literally. Because he wasn't there when I had my experience. He didn't know. That's why he was querying me. He said, Banky, how did you manage to sit while you read this book? That's why I asked him, who told you I was able to sit? I couldn't sit. He couldn't lie down. He was hopping up and down, jumping into the air, falling back on the bed, tossing up and down, because he had a white book in his hands. Two kinds of faith by WK. What do list we do for all that time? I'm telling you. First day we held Benihin. You see the way we gathered, like we are going to see God. We had a prayer meeting, so we were now told that Benihin is coming. Now, we didn't know who Benihin was, actually. So, brethren went to town Ah, God. Bless us, our brethren. Anyone that's back, Lord, restored them for old times' sake. Amen. You know, brethren went to town to look for television and a video cassette player. Brought it to campus. 218 eight LT. That right wing, I remember. After we finished printing, I now put it down. And we now sat down and watched Benihin minister at um, Rimacoli's church in South Africa. We had never seen anything like that. Oh, we had never. It, it, it was the reverence with which we sat and we were watching like the same Holy Spirit. When the man, there's some things that when he thought we're like, wow. Then he began to minister by prophetic words, by leaning of hands. And we're looking at him like, what is going on here? After that, when we finished, people began to prophesy. Right inside the hall, people began to prophesy. Literally, the anointing filled the place. No, I'm telling you. See what I see? People call the Holy Spirit. This days, me. Uh, please read my book. Receive the Holy Spirit. If not the Holy Spirit, we didn't collect. Once he wanted to fill us, say no. This one we don't do. Don't do. You giving me tongues, Abi? That's enough now. The Holy Spirit say, I never start now. I say it's enough. At least now, when I go to church, I will join those who are speaking. The Holy Spirit say, that's not the aim. Oh. You can't claim to be filled. Then you open your mouth next time you want to talk politics. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same one they are saying in the bear parlour. You are not able to discern lies. False prophets will confuse you, and you say you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You sit that in a place where a man comes the familiar spirit of a minister, and you join him to speak in tongues. And your, your spirit is not provoked. As a way of your spirit will provoke, the guy can't minister. Two men went to a church one day, and one man was there ministering. They would do the calling phone number, do all those kind of things. They looked at each other. They joined their hands and their seats. In the name of Jesus, shut up. That man suddenly stopped, looked in their direction, and told the pastor, except those two men leave, I can't continue. So the usher came and said, please, can you step outside? So they stepped outside and the evil spirit continued manifesting in their church. Listen to me. Those of you, look, listen, in case you ever get to hear this. Those of you go around lying to raise money. One day, Peter and Paul will be in the congregation you will not know. Peter will not you and he won't talk to you. Just say that you are talking like that. Just cut eye for you. You don't die with that. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm telling. see, I'm saying it may sound like a joke, but it's a prophetic word. It's a warning. You go to some congregations, you won't know who's sitting down there. You come with your evil spirit. Peter will kill you there. You'll say you have a heart attack. When you die, we must have a reason. That's our job. We will find a reason to explain your death. What you will never find is that Peter sat at the back and the spirit of Ananias was upon him. That is the judgment of Ananias was upon him that day. And your caught eye for it like this. All your familiar spirits will leave you. And you're not that all by yourself. Those spirits are very wicked. They go and look for somebody else to possess. Don't let evil spirits use you. They will dispose of you. Then look for somebody else to go and possess. Keep them suffering. You know how to, make, to torture demons. Some people think that how to torture demons. They say, Be tortured. Ah, ah, oh. That's not how to torture demons. Want to torture demons, make sure they have nobody to possess. That's, that's the highest torture for demons. They have nowhere to lay their heads. When Jesus wanted to drive them out, you know they begged that we go going to the pig because they, they need the body. Spirit, they, there's a kind of spirit that they are. They need the body. The Lord is good. But what are we talking about? The issue of what? Knowledge. Being filled with the spirit. So I was trying to emphasize, remind us of what I said last time. That when he said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, let's not think it's just these dramatic manifestations alone. The most important thing I think the Holy Spirit does for us is gentle. It's inside our hearts. You can fall under the power ten times. It doesn't mean anything. Sometimes, I say sometimes, sometimes those who fall under the power, you know they have a problem. The Spirit can't enter. So it's jamming them. I didn't say all the time, so don't go and meet somebody. say, Only you fall down ten times. Come on, you check up. The Spirit is not entering you, it's jamming you. If the Spirit enter, you, you will drop once. They will soak inside you well. Why the Spirit make them come knock, go down? Is that if He doesn't they will be running around. The Spirit will pursue them. The Spirit will knock them down. Let me enter. Mm, what's your problem? <laughs> Only you. Listen, if you are falling down every, every service, you have a problem. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. I know it's not popular talk. See, first service, you fell down. Okay? Fine. The same means I came next day, you are still falling down. Allah, thank you. <laughs> Next day, I see for now. Just ask yourself, what is wrong? It's not the anointing. Something is wrong with you. Why? Because the anointing is not trying to make a show. When it has entered you after something, you should be accustomed to it. I told you, when the Holy Spirit came on Jesus, what made it most dramatic, all right, was that unlike everybody else before him, there was no drama around him. So the Bible says it fell on him like a dove. Very gentle. That power was intense. You know, you know Superman? Did you ever watch Superman? When I was young, there was one Superman episode. They planted a bomb like a grain about to go off. So Superman went there, collected it, and swallowed it. So the thing detonated inside Superman's stomach. Boom! And he belched. Uh. <laughs> Do you get my point? That amount of power inside the human being. No matter what happens. If you explode, what happens? You tear him to like 7,825 pieces. With blood everywhere. But Superman <clears throat> just held it like that. We felt his stomach boiled like then, pulled it back. Then he burst. <clears throat> the smoke came out. Jesus Christ is Superman. When the Holy Spirit came upon him, normal people will remove their clothes. They go begin race down the road. At we say, calm down. At we enter Jesus Christ just swallowed it and got up and walked out. Like nothing happened. What am I going to say? The most important what the Holy Spirit does in you, eh? does for you, is inside you. You don't rule. Rule. Enough ruling. Listen to me. Next time you go to a place, say, bro, I know they rule today. I want to hear what the Spirit is saying. A lot of the ruling you see, go and check it. Now what I want to say, please don't be offended. Okay, I won't say it. Some of you are looking at me like, Pastor, you have come again. Okay, I won't say it. No, I will not say it. 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 What I'm trying to say is, calm down. That's what I want to say. Stop getting excited too much. The most important thing is that the Holy Spirit is working inside you. I hope you're getting my point. And one major thing is giving you is the spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel. the spirit. I'm just trying to quickly open to Isaiah chapter 11. said, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Let's go over it. Number one. Read, read, oh, oh. Let's read together. Okay, wait for, let me wait for you to get there. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Are you there? Now, nice. said, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Number one. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Can you see that? That's if, when the spirit rests upon you, that's what he brings first. Wisdom and what? Understanding. Next line. The spirit of counsel and strength. Strength here, yeah. what do you call Strength or might? Is the ability to withstand all these, you know, things that scare other people. Inner fortitude. They say, "What will happen tomorrow?" You don't care. You just have this confidence in yourself that God will take care of it. You're strong without trying to be. No, you know, there's this. I will be strong, but when you are strong, you know, you don't try to say I will be strong. That's what I mean. You just have this kind of inner. You know, strength, confidence. Where does it come from? The, is the infinite of the Spirit. Next line. The Spirit, the spirit of, knowledge of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Let's just stop it there. If you go down to the next verse, we won't read now. It says, he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. That is, there is insight that God gives because his Spirit is inside you. You know things people, other people don't understand. Last election cycle, the one that we just ended a few weeks ago here. You know, I told you, some people have been wondering, what happened? All the prophecies, please, please relax. They were not prophecies. They just came to give God a bad name. But I need to keep on explaining that to Christians, because I've had to answer questions many times. All these prophecies that came forth, what happened? I've even heard people come to explain, see, the issue that when the prophets come like that, you're supposed to now try and make sure it comes to pass. I say, are you all right? I'm looking at the person, God offered, he said that, he will, I know, he will do something, then I'm supposed to go and make sure it comes to pass. What, what am I supposed to do? Join with political party. I heard them say it. That our prophecy is giving us direction. So you are campaigning. You want to hear the truth? You see all those in your head? Almost none was prophetic. Listen, do you know prophets can make mistakes? Are you aware of that? Yes. Prophets, they Hey, I just need to emphasize and explain it. Please, brethren, don't doubt the Holy Spirit. Don't doubt the power of God. Don't doubt the wisdom of God. Don't doubt that God has a plan for this nation. What just happened to us was that people did not hear God. They said they did. I was saying that prophets misjive. Do you know that? Prophets may misjive. What do I mean by misjiving prophets? There are a number of them in scriptures. I'll give you three clear ones. All right? Nathan. David called Nathan and said to him, let us, I want to build a temple. What did Nathan say? First, Nathan said to that what you are planning to do is very good. He blessed him, the Lord be with you. As he left, God said, who sent you that one? I hope you're getting my point. If Nathan had tweeted that thing, you know, the tweet would be out. If Nathan had recorded his first opinion on social media, Google has collected it, it's there permanently. But good enough, Nathan didn't do that. He said it only to who? David. As he was going, God said, hey Nathan, come, 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 come. Who sent you that? Go and tell David. You should check his hand. Build who a he house. Don't worry, his son will do that. Did Nathan, Nathan misjive the first time? Yes. Was he a bad man? No. There was just no social media to broadcast his ignorance. Did Samuel misjive? Yes. God said, go to the house of Jesse and pick for me a king. Did he go to the right house? Yes. As soon as they brought it, the first statement he made, was it ra- ra- true or false? false? False. You know what he said? Surely the laws are anointed. Thank God he didn't tweet it. too. Oh. <laughs> Eliab would have gone around Israel saying that he's the next king of Israel. So Samuel, the first time, Samuel misjived. I hope you're getting my point. Let me just drop the leaf at those two. But just to let you know, of course, there are other examples of prophets that just lie. Okay? You know that. You know those ones that came fighting Jeremiah? You know the one that uh, at Bethel? <laughs> so they are, they are different prophets. So those ones lied. lied. But this these this first two I gave as examples, they did not lie. They were just mistaken. So bear that in mind. So what happened in Nigeria? Now, for, for your information, I'm not doing a post-mortem. I knew then, those of you who know me, where I told you, these people are, are not hearing God. I remember when Good Luck Jonathan was running for office, all of them Said the same thing. Why? Because what went wrong with Samuel the first time? He was judging with the seeing of his eyes. What went wrong with Nathan the first time? He was judging with the hearing of his ears. What did he say sounded good to him? You know what happened to Samuel? He had a little bit of experience. What was that experience? Saul. Saul happened to have been almost a giant. Saul was very tall. Nobody else in Israel was taller than his shoulder. He stood out. So what do I think? Eliab was a warrior. You know, Eliab was rolling with Saul at that time. Eliab was big. And when he saw Eliab, he reminded him of Saul. That was the problem. Nothing more than that. But God quickly corrected him. Now, I just want to let us know that the problem we have these days with prophecies is social media. People broadcast before they thought. They broadcast before they've heard from God. Please, if you are a prophet, get off social media. Don't be quick to put everything out there. It's like you know, one of your brothers—oh, those are your younger brothers. Oh, those guys are young people. You understand? As soon as this, they will be on social media. Say so they just—they are giving us prophetic word. Something just happened yesterday. You have clearly had meeting, you are on, on, on Facebook, you are on YouTube, 10, and God had not said anything. Please be a pastor, a prophet, evangelist, teacher, whatever you are. January 1st, you don't have to prophesy. I keep on telling people that December 31st watch night service is a prayer service, not a prophetic night. Oh, no no, 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 go for prophetic service. Listen, it's a bad habit to have formed. Go for prayer night is good. I normally don't go because I don't see the difference between 31st and January 1st, but it's another day. Shift into another one. God's calendar for your life. Okay, your birthday. You say it's a new season. Generally, say, how many new seasons do you get? <laughs> so, uh, for me, but men ought always to do what? Pray. In season and out of season. That opportunity to pray, me, I, I, I agree with it. Any reason to gather the church to pray is good. Let's just pray. You don't have to prophesy. What are you seeing for the new year? Just God doesn't talk by force, so. and that's the problem with a lot of people. He's not saying anything; they are saying something. Just go there, bless people. If that's what you call prophetic, fine. This new year, in the name of Jesus, the Spirit of God will come upon you. Amen. If you said the 30th or January 16th, it's still good. But don't come and say this year I see. You don't see anything. You know, when you put yourself under pressure to see, you start seeing nonsense. And that's why the, end, the, the January 1st. We are one church in Nigeria. I mean, believers in Christ Jesus. 75 different prophetic words for the same year. Some were telling us that, ah, this election, there will be fight. There will be you Just looking at them like that, there will not be fight. Nobody's going to kill anybody. Why? How do you know? Because we are going to pray. And we are going to beg God. And we are going to employ him for his mercy. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Don't come trying to scare me. The truth is that all those you'll be fighting is what everybody is in the every beer parlour. If you don't believe me, just sneak to the front of a beer parlour, the night before every election, go and see what they are saying. Because when you are using two two bottles, your spirit is alive. You know I mean by spirit, you know that thing inside the bottle is also called spirit. <laughs> Inspiration must come one way or the other. I'm you know, talking nonsense. The Lord is good. Hey, what i want to tell you, people of God, don't lose faith in prophetic things. Don't lose faith in spiritual manifestations just because a lot of people who were not prophets, Okay, which is the other part I forgot to mention. Most of the... Here I talked about Nathan who spoke before the Lord spoke. I talked about Samuel who made, it, made up his mind before the Lord corrected him. Okay, Those are even genuine prophets. But most of, of those ones you heard last night were not even prophets at all. They were just people that have a selfie camera. You don't you just say... Thus says the Lord, and they put it on YouTube. Don't be moved by them. People forwarding up and down. Some of them forward them out of fear. Some forward them out of, yes, it confirms what I like. Yeah. What I said to Christians that time, I said, just go and vote according to your conscience and watch out for who will win. At the end of the day, watch out for who they will swear in. They make up your mind after that. Don't let any prophets. Prophets are not supposed to be politicians. I've been talking my own. No. <clears throat> anyway, in summary, most were judging after the sin of their eyes and the hearing of their ears. They were not judging with righteous judgment. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, that's the point I, make, I was making. The first thing it does for you is to put inside you the spirit of wisdom and understanding. It gives you the spirit of concept and might. It gives you the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And one thing you see, you will no longer judge with what your eyes see and make a decision by what your ears hear. You make decisions based on the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Look at what I gave as an example earlier. They gave you a job. They say you have one week to resume. They are doubling your salary over what you were earning before. But the fear of God tells you something. I can't just walk away from people who've depended on me for six years, and I won't give. Nobody says you would die there, and I will not give them any notice. That's the fear of God. Can you see that? It's not about, my pastor said I should leave. No. It's common sense. Just say, don't do that. I've had to counsel people many times. I remember one brother, I gave to give you this story. He came to see me. He says he works in a law firm. It was in corporate law. His boss now shifted him to litigation. So I said, so? What do I think? What do I think? You don't like to work? He traveled away from Abuja to come and see me over this matter. I was done with the counsel in five minutes. When he finished, I said, so what are you trying to say? He said, he doesn't like litigation. Do I look like I like litigation? I don't like it too. But they posted it somewhere. Do you know what God wants to pass you? You think Joseph likes going to Potiphar's house? He likes to go to jail say, Sir, I feel like I'm being falsely accused. Will you put me in Kirikiri? There's nothing like that now. <laughs> Sometimes God moves you through parts you don't know, parts you don't understand, parts you don't like. I told the brother, my friend, go back, get back to work. Yes, sir. And he entered the vehicle and went back to Abuja. You don't know what God wants to do in your life. You know, of course, corporate law is nice. You're signing contracts, drafting contracts, having meetings, doing mergers and acquisitions. And, you know, eh? who, 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 who not like him? Me, I like it. We all like it. Who likes hard work? Very few men are grittles for punishment. There are very few. I know one or two, but there are not many. The harder they work, the, more, the happier they are. No, there are not many. Most people like it easy. So I told you, brother, my friend, Get back to work. I'm talking about the spirit of what? Counsel. The spirit of counsel. Many of us just want to make decisions like the spirit said, No, what the spirit does for you is what I'm saying now. That's what the spirit does. It gives you wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and strength. The spirit of wisdom or knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He said he will delight in the fear of the Lord. As a result of that, he will not judge by what his eyes see or make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. Now listen to me. I'm not going to explain to us. The first thing, the most important that the Holy Spirit does for you is inside you. So when the Spirit entered into Peter and Co, when they opened their mouth to speak, the people marveled. Ah, this one didn't go to school. One of our brothers gave a testimony the other day All right, that when, when he gave his life to Christ, he, the accounting he did for his father's business, or the family business, people were looking like, are you, are you a trained accountant? What is it? The spirit of counsel. It came upon him. Please let's bear the mind. What the Holy Spirit does, when God says, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, one major thing he's doing is pouring his word upon all flesh. And if you are cooperating with that spirit, you are going after that word. That's what I'm trying to emphasize all this while. If you want to cooperate with that spirit, you are going after what? The word. You are going after that word. That God, you must feel me. I said to us last time technology is important. To whom much is given? Much is expected. The other day, one moment, in one, one instant, like this. I just turned to one website. They got that, that reference books. PDF. Free to download. Click, 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 click. I had like 20. I said, oh, um, God is good. Ooh. Yeah, that's the goodness of God. Ooh. That is God's goodness. I think it was that period, I now heard him say something, how to you know, protect yourself against them. Um, Felix, I gave you those, that, that pack I gave you, it's all inside there. You are shaking your head. You have not opened it. He hasn't opened it. Just remind me. If he's not there, it's in my computer. I mean, freely you have received. Freely give. Then I heard the man teach on protection against deception. Wow. 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 I've been playing that thing again and again. Just, I've got, you know, the thing just running around my head. Insight I never had. And he preached that message as a very old man. It was one of the last messages he preached. I was just talking. I never heard him talk that solemnly. I've listened to him. I don't think I've listened to anything less than 300 of his messages. can't be less than that. Okay, let me not go and mistakenly say something that's not true. I don't think I've listened to anything less than 250. Yet these three, whoa, solemn, pushing truth, pushing it in, I'm talking about the power of technology. When God said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, it means I will give all of them smartphones. <laughs> I'll give them access to computers, to the internet. They will find, I mean, I told you to read two E.W. Kenyon's um, 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 books. I wrote them by regular mail, you know, with leaking stamp. You know, stamp you will leak. Oh, some, so, so, I don't think Victor, have you ever seen stamp, stamp they leak? They push you guys out so that you, you will leak it. But if they don't push you guys, they know you won't lick it. You leak the stamp, put it like that, and then literally post it. You know what it means? They first carry it from that post office to Lagos or wherever it is. Then from there they will sort, 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 sort. Then put it on that on ships or airplanes. And Then they will sort, sort, make it long to the It takes a few weeks to get to where they are going. And a few weeks... To for them to now return it to you, as I got one book. Now, if I like a book, I've been reading it. Share, you know, <laughs> you click that share button. Say so how do you want to share it? Bluetooth, email, WhatsApp, um, um, Wi-Fi Direct. They have a long list. And then sometimes I even do my own. I even share it on my WhatsApp status. So if you know me, click there, and it drops your bar. Ah, Do ah. you know like Bishop Edipos said? If you are still ignorant, God has to punish you. (laughs) No, you should be there for saying, no, Abba. What else do you want now? He was talking in another context, though. But I understand what he was saying. That with all of this, God will say, I I, I tried. No, no, I I tried for their generation. If witches are still keeping you awake, you know what? God will not drive them away. Say, keep him awake. For adventure, he will read. Some witches are working for God now. How? Keeping his children awake. He said, they gave him five books last week. Sometimes you know some people, they say, I, I listen to you a lot. Uh, okay. I've read this book. You know why they listen to me a lot? They like the sound of my voice. So when he's talking, there's this calmness I just feel. What did I say? They don't know. Ezekiel, Ezekiel church members. The Lord is good. <laughs> when he said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. What was he saying? I will make these things incredibly available to all of you. So the responsibility we have, therefore, people of God, is to pursue knowledge. What did I say? Pursue. What did I say? Yes, that's what the Holy Spirit is igniting in you. As you are listening to me this morning, that Spirit is filling you again. Honestly, the Spirit will make it difficult for you to sit down after now. You will be going after knowledge, after understanding, after insight. And the Lord will open your eyes. You will have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. And that's one first thing you must do as you grow for knowledge... You pray that prayer for yourself. Those days when Carnegie used to teach us, we used to listen to him a lot. We still do. We still listen to his messages. But he popularized for us Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17. From verse 15, He says, For this reason I also, having heard, Paul was writing to the Ephesians, having heard of the faith in the Lord which exists amongst you and your love for all the saints, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. What is a prayer? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart or the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. He said, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Let me stop reading in verse 20. That is, Paul said, this is what I do. Once I find Christians who are committed to the Lord, the next thing I do for them is to pray for them that God will open the eyes of their understanding so that their eyes may be enlightened. That they will begin to know things because if they don't know things they will continually walk in ignorance and if they don't, if they walk in ignorance listen knowledge ignorance is is um let me just quickly really go through that. Ignorance is very, very deadly. Ignorance is it hurts. Ignorance is not neutral. You can't afford to be ignorant. I said something last time, God expects a certain degree. See, that's what they call the mercy of God. What is mercy of God? You don't know something, so you don't suffer the consequences. But he expects that each time in your life, you go to a particular level of understanding. If you don't get there, then that becomes for you an accusable sin, which means his mercy will no longer cover your ignorance. So you can't just hide behind ignorance forever. You have to go after knowledge. Now, ignorance is very deadly. It is very deadly. For time's sake, I'll just rush through a few things. Even in the, in, in the natural world, we would draw a triangle in community medicine those days. They still draw a triangle till now. Arrows each side. All right? That's double arrows being the, the, each of the sides of the triangle, which means one can lead to another. We put three things there. Ignorance, disease, and poverty. You can put anyone anywhere. That is, ignorance leads to disease. It leads to poverty. Poverty leads to disease, leads to ignorance. Disease leads to poverty, leads to ignorance. They just they interchange. They, are, they keep on flowing around. All right? Ignorance is like that. Number one reason Christians have problems in life, you know, I used to list them. What's the first one? Ignorance. Let's just complete the list. The trial of your faith and then the just recompense of reward for disobedience. But bear it in mind. Ignorance is a key reason why we have problems. You have to pray, all right, in this life, like that message the Prince was emphasizing, you have to pray that you will not be deceived. Why? Because deception is when you believe a lie and you think it's true. In fact, the reference says the worst thing that a human can experience. That when you are really sinned against God, it gives you over to deception. Many people are shouting the LGBT agenda today. I hope you know they believe it. The real people that started it they are satanists, but many people trying to propagate it, they actually believe it. Especially young people get involved; they lie to them so much they actually start believing some of those things. Listen, deception is you believe something that is false, but you hold on to it, thinking it is true. It's different from lying. The person in line knows the truth, or at least knows that what he's saying is not the truth. But a deceived person, when he repeats the lie for you, he will not be judged for lying. Because he doesn't think he's lying, he actually thinks he's telling you the truth. The main cure for deception, so prevention for deception, two things in my own perspective. Number one, love the truth. And two, pray to God. I won't discuss that in details. But I'm just going to emphasize the fact that ignorance is costly. Ignorance denies you of your blessings. He you said, My people perish for lack of knowledge. One of the things that God did for Israel when he took them into the promised land was to tell them their boundaries so as to, for them to know where to go and take. I hope you're getting my point. That go and take this land. I have given it to you. Listen, if you find giants in a land, hmm, It doesn't mean it's not your own. I hope you're getting my point. But then, except you are told, you won't so know whether it's yours or whether it's not. So, what God did for them was to tell them The land that belongs to them. So that they could go and take that land. People who preach false doctrines, no matter how innocent they are in their preaching, the truth is that they deny the people of God their inheritance. If anybody, anybody comes to tell you, for example, that God does not heal these days, it means that if you ever have an affliction that doctors cannot cure, you're dead meat. I hope you get my point. See, let me tell you something again. I said it many times. Faith. Faith is not like, ah, no. Just there's this deep-seated knowledge, understanding that's inside you. So just by knowing that God heals today, there are afflictions that will say, don't go near that guy's house. I don't know what, that, what I said. Yeah. That deep inside your heart, you know that God heals today. Satan will look and say, don't bother him. Like Neville Johnson said to you know, <laughs> when I was in Sokoto, Dr. With me said some things. So I had to put up my hand to tell him. I just quoted Neville Johnson for him. He was talking about the resurrection body. You know, there's a way that people preach this. They say, honestly, me say, I can't tired for this physical body. I know I'm not done yet, but I'm just saying that. And I understand what poor man, when he said that, we groan. When he finished talking, ah, I said, oh, my God. Because I understand some science. He explained the fact that there are, you know, in the spectrum of light, there's a lot of light your eyes don't see. You know that. You only see the, what they call the visible spectrum. Now, the so-called visible spectrum is for the mortal body. The resurrection body, I hope you're getting my point, every spectrum to it is visible. When it, we just explained that. I, I just realized something. I said, Neville Johnson said it, that in the realm of the spirit, the, that the color variation is intense, that it's extremely colorful, that if you see into the realm of the spirit, you will see colors and you go tired. Now, this is where I'm going. He now said to us, that Neville Johnson was preaching, People ask him, can demons read your mind? He said they don't have to. If you've read, um, um, what's the name of the other Final Quest? Rick Jonah. Rick Joyner also said something like that. Rick Joyner's own is that they don't. what you are thinking is loud in the realm of the spirit. But what Neville Johnson said is this, that demons don't have to read your mind. That whatever's inside you affects your color. So, he says this way, if you are afraid, the demons can see the fear. They don't have to Try and say, eh? Eh? let me try and scare you. No. <laughs> they can see it. To you, you look black or you look fair, whatever it is. But spiritually, if fear is in your heart, it starts radiating through your skin and the demons can perceive it. I hope you're getting my point. Now, let me add my own to it. If there's faith in your heart, is that perceptible also? Sometimes, you know. I've had people tell all kinds of demonic experiences. You know, at the time, I used to wonder, is it that like these demons, <laughs> no, is it that like these people don't, uh, what is up with them and these are their demons? Until I realized the truth, that demons don't come and give me that headache, it's pointless. It's pointless. Why? Because, you see, I told you about our experience in school those days. One of the first things we learned as believers, one of the very first things we learned was that we are seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, with Christ on the right hand of the Father. We learned that very early. They used to say things like, if you have a message for the devil, write it on the soles of your feet. You never heard that before? Say, so you have a message for the devil, bring your shoe, right arm under, then wear the shoe, that he can read it from there. <laughs> because when you are walking, you are walking above him, you are walking on his head. The any message you have for the devil, write it on the soles of your shoes. <laughs> That is where you read it from. Now, those are the first things I learned as a believer. So, people now say, uh, I said we learned that demons are not our mates. Now, this is what I'm trying to say. When you have that truth inside your heart, hmm, what happens is that it affects your radiance. Thank you. So, when you are walking past, the demons actually will step aside. The only thing they have been given as power, I say it again and again, is temptation. They have to try and tempt you so as to weaken your armor. But that's what ignorance does. If you don't know, it's also clear. So every time you know people will say that uh, we're battling. You know, no, I say, my, <laughs> I, I, I hear preachers in a while. It's story. The tourist stories they tire me. I went here to preach. I battled eight demons all night. And I want to say, are you the first to go there to preach? Now let me. Before we start glorifying we'll some of these our funny experiences, read your Bible. You think you're the only one to go to a village that has a course? You think Paul didn't go to places? There is power in the gospel. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Don't think that demons are so powerful. You have to. No. They rest. See, before you approach that village. Do you get my point? For the crusade. The demons know you are coming. They've been warned. You've been warned. There's one particular big man in this country. A minister of the gospel. An evangelist. No, we're talking about. I call them apostles anyway. He's going to a particular state to minister. Citywide crusade. So, you told the president at that time, one of our I won't mention the name, and I won't tell you the name of the state, but it's one of these Islamic states that don't come here, don't come here. The president called, I heard he called the governor of the state. He said, My friend is coming to your state to preach. Make sure nothing happens to him. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. They just said, Oh, so so and so, so president, he mentioned the name. He's coming to your state to do the same. Make sure nothing happens to him. That is, tell all your militants to calm down. Because if anything happens to him, he told him, you will know what I'm made of. And you know the mind. (laughs) He said, you will know what I'm made of. Now, that's a human being. So, Jesus is sending me somewhere, and evil spirit will not be his problem. Some of the problems we have is in our minds, our wrong thoughts. If you come really with the spirit of the victor, I mean, we've had testimonies like that. They will stay behind. And of course, they, God allows them that they will be whispering from far. <laughs> Just sleep your sleep. They can't do anything. Waking up at night is where the problem is. Resting unnecessarily. Wrestle. What am I going to say? Ignorance is terrible. Ignorance will make you, spiritually, it will even make you spend money. Some people have gone to village to be uprooting trees. It's ignorance. went to preach. once. One lady came to speak with me after, at, at the end. Describe the whole family problems. I said, I gave her some counsel. I was like, okay, you, your brother gave his life to Christ. Your brother, the other one gave his life to Christ. Your father gave his life to Christ. I said, yes. I said, so. Like, one of my says that, what did you expect? That you won't have financial problems when you were Jagudas before? Why do people think that if you're a thief, you stop stealing, you suddenly become rich in Christ? Like, lie. See, there's what they call a trial of your faith. You were doing a rukuru. You know what they call rukuru? It's modern English. You understand? It's, um, you do know all these shady things before they now give your life to Christ. You think life will go on normally? Of course not. Financially, you're going to drop. And that's what some of them see and answer like that somebody's pursuing them. Nobody's pursuing you. Your faith is pursuing you. Your faith is being tested. At the end of the day, I was about to leave, she was about to leave. I was on sitting now. She's about to leave. I She said, Wait, come come My sister, Come. Are you planning to go to the village for deliverance? She smiled. She couldn't answer me. I said, yeah. I think it was the Holy Spirit. She said, She's going to I said, deliverance. There is no, there's no which, there's nothing, there's no deliverance that's going to deliver you from this poverty. This poverty will end through endurance. I say you have to endure. Just by the way, people of God, endurance is more important to God than prosperity. Yeah, I'm telling you, God wants to see. Before you start praying for more money, first prove to God you have done everything within your powers to manage the one you have. That's not a joke. Oh. You just get up with the morning and say, God, I want more money. God is looking at you like you want more money. How much more money do you want? You say, Come. He'll show you a couple that have less than what you have. And look at how happy they are. They are rejoicing. When the man comes out with his wife in the morning, they are red-dressed going to church. You think they have a limousine waiting for them. They stand by the roadside and flag down one keke. And the man will help the woman enter first. And remove his handkerchief, dust this the shoe, so that uh, do you get my point? And they will sit down there and they are singing. God, a miracle, you, because your car is a Corolla, and it's, you've had it for five years now. And do you, you get my point? And this is not working well. They are going out. This is not what my mates are driving. Father God, breakthrough upon me this year in that name. That is looking at you. He say, hey, collect that Corolla. Sir, you don't jump, person. <laughs> <laughs> collect that thing from him. Collect that. That's it. You, 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 you've jammed somebody. You know, there's this kind of jam, jam that your, your shaft will, you know, the, 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 the chassis will bend. The shaft will bolt, everything. You, when you look at the cost of repairing the car. You, you just go and say, yeah, join this wagon, the keke wagon, join. And for your information, you know what he's saying? If I hear a from your mouth, if I hear one moment of grumbling, say, Lord, I'm sorry, I won't grumble again. Say, yes. But write this more to at least 18 months. Let's start. After 18 months, we'll talk about it again. So, like, what did you say? Huh? You are talking? 24? Uh, he said, no, 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 18. <laughs> People don't understand. You know, sometimes I say, we preachers. apostles, you should stop preaching this nonsense." So. <laughs> <laughs> you just be lifting people's covetousness up. I say, you are teaching them faith. Friends, you have to learn endurance. Not just by the way. So I told the lady that day, hey, please, leave that thing. Your brother, your sister, your brother, your two brothers and your father, they, have now, they are now true believers. Let them continue to pray and then continue to walk. God will lift them up. You don't need deliverance. So, I we said that morning, carrying hungry people to the village. Please, in case you have been doing like that, I hope you know you have a serious problem. Now, first, you know now. Look, let's not lie. They have never solved a problem for you. Some people people know it's not annual. Annual deliverance. I will not mention names. One of our brothers is looking at me. All of you are looking at me. So So one of the family members called him that they want to do really deliverance so he should come and bring his own contribution. So, when he saw the money they were contributing, he said, eh, so you have this kind of money. He said, You mean you, all of you had this kind of money? He said, By the way, why don't, have you ever gathered money to do family Thanksgiving? Have you ever gathered money to do family Thanksgiving? You no, know, yesterday, my friend and I were chatting. We were talking about family problems, you know, husband-wife problems. And I told him something. I said, You see a couple, let me show you the thing I wrote for him. I said, You see a couple, they are quarreling. I'm not talking to you. You're not talking to me. And what is their problem? Is it a money matter? No. In law trouble? No. The husband has girlfriends? No. The man is very lazy? No. The man drinks or uses drugs? No. There are problems children that are smoking Igbo? No. Somebody is playing die by fire against another person? No. He doesn't give him money to buy things? No. She does not cook in the house? No. So please, what remains on earth for a couple to quarrel co- over? know what I think? They have eaten too much. <laughs> That's what I hear hearing Korea. Like, the way you talk to me, I didn't like it. It was my bed. It didn't hug me first in the morning. <laughs> because you watch a telling novella, like they call those things, say breakfast in bed on your beddy.
1: <laughs>
0: breakfast burn you there. sense. They will not start quarreling. Over. What's wrong with my issue? didn't tell me I was fine when I finished dressing. So my friend and I said, it's obvious. People I saying that me too, I must quarrel. <laughs> yeah, that's it. God remove quarrelling in your life. He will not give you trouble. You are not fighting over money. You don't. Then I say, hey, what will I quarrel over? Oh, when I finish tying my ghillie for 30 minutes, you didn't tell me I look nice. And I finished God said, should I give you small problem? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, get down to that village and do family thanksgiving. Yeah, really. That's what our brother told the people that day. He said, hey, hey, all of you, come, 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 come. Bring that money. Let's go to the same place and thank God for how good he has been. I'm talking about ignorance. When people don't realize that what God has made them in Christ Jesus they are denied their blessings. They waste money. They easily get deceived by the devil. Oh, yes, ignorance. People get deceived. Oh, my father in heaven. One day some women who were looking for importance. They decided to dream and have visions. And they recorded CDs on it. I said they went to hellfire. And they saw Michael Jackson do backsliding <laughs> in hellfire. I said, hey, you saw it. In case you don't know, nobody sees anything in hellfire. You won't see what other people, people are going through. If you are going to see anything, it will be Abraham on top there. Your neighbor, you don't know. All of you are in thick darkness. You saw the women with this kind of hairstyle. Let me say that for hellfire hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> and people were watching. One day my wife has this friend, fine woman. So on the road, she don't come on yarring. Then they call yarring. <laughs> you don't come on yarring. You don't come on makeup. Ah. I say, ah. Who goes? How far? What is going on? I say there's nothing no. Why are you looking like you joined the life or something? They just say nothing. Is it because of the video? No, it's not the video, I just want to be sure that everything is okay. Eh? <laughs> That's why you're looking like this? Why? Because you don't know the reason why God sends people to hellfire. You have not learned. You're supposed to educate. That's why I wrote the tract. Who is going to hell? They said that eh, all the women, that when they go to hell it was women, women, women. You saw them? What happened to the men? Because the men, they didn't use the attachment. So they went to hell. Who commits most of the adultery on the earth? The men. Who kills people more? The men who rigs who, who snatches ballot. How many women have you seen snatch ballot paper <laughs> ballot box? You you, you, no, you don't see women such things. The women will just vote and go home. Is the men, wait, how many times have you seen politicians hire thugs and they say now, nah, now, nah, girl thug they hire? <laughs> Anytime we see an arm robber, that's a woman. You know, it's international news. We catch arm robber for Nigeria. The only thing we see arm robbers is in Nigeria. A, females do is be girlfriends to the Amraba. That's all. They carry information. Yeah, God saw all of this. He sent all the men to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and sent the women to hell fire. <laughs> what kind of Lord says all of this? My only is a, I'm, Ignorance is costly. I'm telling you the truth. One day I woke up in the morning they said, Pastor, yeah, the said nobody should wear red. I said, today I'm not a member of Redeem, so I wear anything I want to wear. My mother called me that day said, hey, hey um, I said, what is it? <laughs> how are the children? They are fine. What are you calling me for? <laughs> the morning like this. He said, ah, Baba, that's what they call me in the house. He said, Baba, ah, I know that you will not uh, hear now. It's not you I'm talking to. <laughs> I said, I'm happy you do not. You, you know I won't hear before. I said, if it is a red thing. I want not whether my children are red. I said, they have gone to school. That's number one. Number two, if their school uniform had red in it, I can assure you they will have worn it. I said, I know. I say, so, why were you calling in the first place? Don't even try your luck. There's no need. Only for Pastor uh, Redeem to now release a statement uh, before the end of the day. They said, please, oh. Pastor, Yaya, I would never said anything like that. My own is that whether I said it or oh, did not say it, oh, I was not planning to obey it. Of course, he didn't say it. Of course, he didn't say it. You see, ignorance, please, eh? you need to know the truth of the word of God. I'm watching my time. There's so much to say. Ignorance is costly. If you don't learn the truth, God cannot even work his miracles in your life. Like I said, before the Holy Spirit would come on the church, God, Jesus spent weeks teaching them. Otherwise, when the Holy Spirit will come, they would have repelled it. Somebody will stagger. Peter will look at what is wrong with you. When Peter leaves the, the shout of, are you drunk? The Holy Spirit will go back to where he's coming from. But God prepared them. You can't receive the Holy Spirit except you have been prepared. With knowledge, with understanding. If you don't have knowledge, you don't have understanding, then listen to me, the devil will, oh my God, the devil is going to take you to pieces. Many people who are, sorry, you know when I talk sometimes, please, now wait in my eye, I don't see I'm sorry to say this, please. I don't mean any, but it's the truth. I'm just trying to say. Do you know, most people call themselves prayer warriors. Eh? Most, not all, of course, I say most, that I've seen. Most of the prayer they are praying, they are nonsense prayers. Rubbish prayers. Like, what is all of this? You can't be a prayer warrior unless you're a word warrior. You can't be. What are you praying if you don't know the word of God? You tell people to come and hear the word of God. They say they are, they are you know, some have kind of told me that, you know, your area is the word. Their own area is prayer. See, if you truly know the word, prayer will come out of your mouth. If you don't know the word, every prayer you are saying is mostly nonsense. Prayer is not effective except the word is resident in that heart. You know why I say that? The devil gives people prayer points because of ignorance. There's one old man, I, I heard this story once. He said, if he wants to pray in this, preach in this place, you pray like 10 hours. I've only, now, please, God have mercy on me. I always wonder, what are you going to say for 10 hours? I, no, now, that's a question I really want to know. What have you been saying for 10 hours? When he went there, that the devil came and appeared to him. I said, huh? So he began to pray. For like two hours. And he was trying to encourage us to pray. And in my mind, God forbid I should pray like this. Said at the end of two hours, he opened his eyes. You know what happened to the devil? The devil was sitting there looking at him. I said, no, in my mind, very good, very good. You think he's going to go away? Continue pray. Continue to pray. So he continue to pray. Look, this devil is still here. And he continued praying. I was looking like, excuse me, sir. What's going on? So then the Holy Spirit now spoke to him. Speak the word. Speak the word. I said, eh. Three hours after, that's when the Holy Spirit said to you, speak the word. Please, I mean no disrespect, but that's this was where you have started from. So then I began to speak the word, and if you see the scriptures he was quoting, very weak, weak scriptures. Those you know, those ones are not very dangerous. Scriptures like, they resist the devil. I will resist you. And I'm looking like, this is what you used to drive out the <laughs> Go forgive me that we're laughing, but I felt bad. Like I told you, maybe my own problem was that I want the first things I learned, oh God. And I'll just look at the devil, that's the first thing we learned. That I'll bring out my shoe and write a message there and wear it back. Said, go and read what I wrote and go back to sleep. And there was one particular man of God, I heard his whole story. He was in, I think it was Figglesford, another preacher. I think the missionary, no, I don't, I don't think it was Figglesford, another preacher. It was a missionary, he went somewhere. He was sleeping in his room. It less a sombra, and he had a lot of commotion. He came out. Truly, the devil came into his sitting room, scattered the whole place. You no, know, there are two different stories. Two, two, two different stories. But I'll just tell both of them quickly. He came out. He looked. He saw an evil spirit there, and he hissed, and he went back to sleep. He said, "I thought it was something that did my attention." He went back to sleep. He didn't pray. He just said nonsense. I even thought it was something that did my attention. The other one he said, hey, hey don't go away. You know, say, he said, no, 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 cast anything. Come back here. Who will rearrange the room you scattered? <laughs> yeah, he said, and that was less. So he said look, you are not going to give me work. Devil, whatever you call yourself, rearrange this house the way you met it. And he went back. There was no discussion like I resist who. If you come me again, I catch you. You go to you go to hellfire ahead of schedule. <laughs> see, I'm explaining. See, you see what knowledge, spiritually, knowledge is, is muscle, it's power, is strength. Knowledge is strength. Ignorance is costly. Sometimes I see, I'm sorry to say, you know, there are a lot of fake pastors and prophets all over the place. There are genuine pastors, amen. amen. There are true prophets, amen. But many fake ones are, they are there. It's in the Bible. They will be all over the place. They're there to be deceiving people. Like we're here yesterday discussing the Bible. It was about power, power, power. power. I said, listen, any power that does not magnify Jesus Christ is of the devil. When that clown in Lagos was there deceiving the whole country, people will be arguing with you. Like, you know, I felt sorry for Christians. A man that was visibly, palpably satanic. You could see that this guy is a shaman. He's a magician. Kyle De Pella came. He made a statement some time ago. <laughs> he said he's surprised Christians are following this man. That this man, this is my father's magic he's using here. Kyle De Pella's father was, um, um, Professor Pella. He said this guy learned this things from my father. Look, that look, we grew up with this. This is pure magic this man is doing. Then he surprised Christians are following him. Now what surprised was that Christians were, they were impressed. Hey man, God that people say in the synagogue of Satan, and they're all going there. The one that used to get on my nerves and argue with you that how dare you call a prophet false? What, what should I call a false prophet? <laughs> if I say a goat, I should not call it a monkey. Just yeah, because in your family you don't like the name goat. <laughs> hey, no, for me, it hurt me for Christians, it was painful. Especially because, you see, you must understand, when that guy came on board, most of us in Lagos didn't give a hoot about him because we've seen his type before. We've seen his type now. It's not new. When he started, all he was doing was magic. My mother would say, this one, the magic is the magic thing they do. And I say, ah, well, what are we doing now? That this one is just doing magic. That's what my mother used to say. This is magic. My mother would watch say, this is all magic. And you see Christian is going there. You know, he's saying that, uh, uh, how can you call him false? You know why I call him false? Because the guy was bloody false. Do you know one day one guy wrote us an email? I said, Why why do why do we have so many foolish people in the environment? You know what he wrote to me? He said he can see now that I have seen that this man is genuine. He said, But I've already preached that he's false. How do I get the messages back? My mind Waka. Of <laughs> course, this kind of email just delete it and delete it. Who has time to be answering nonsense? I have seen because he has deceived you. When you won't go and learn the word, you have been deceived. You want to not carry us with you. The Red Prince said that if you are one that's easily impressed by the supernatural manifestations, you are a candidate for the Antichrist. Ignorance is costly. I've seen people you know, even money, their money. False prophets collect everything. False prophets swipe everything from their pocket. They see you know what? See, let me just tell you, Chris, if they say they have seen death around you. Let me just tell you the truth, simply. It's not true. Now, I'm not saying you won't die. I'm just saying that it's not because somebody saw death. Those who died, they didn't see death around them. They still died. Because man you say, they see death around me, I can still die. You, you were planning to die before. It's not because the man saw it. He didn't see. You know why? He's been seeing for everybody. For the hundred people he saw, for one of them was going to die anyway. I hope you're getting my point. Uh-huh. Let's get that one clear. But this point I want to get across to you is this. The man that's seen death around you, what does he want you to do? You've not asked yourself. No, please think about it. There's one clown on on social media. He's a comedian. He's a pastor. He will say that. Ah! He said that I'm on my way to the mountain, so that all the evil that uh, I can see your life is about to scatter. Ah, that's, there's no that yeah, lucky you, that's on the way to the mountain. So he said, "What do I do?" He said, "Just find something there so that I can use to." break the fast after praying for you. <laughs> That's what they all do. It, I, like I said to you all the time, people me they see death around me. It doesn't bother me. You know why? In fact, it annoys me. It does. Because I just want to put thoughts in my head. You know the truth I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. What did I say? By the blood of Jesus. Any prophet that wants to talk to you should be correcting you. You know what I've been telling you? He should be correcting you she be correcting you. I listened to Hagin's series. He was prophesying. He said, two of you pastors here we are going to have this conference again next year. And the Spirit of God says, you will not be here. You'll be dead. And instantly, he saw the two of them. And he told them, come and see me. One of them came and saw him. And he lived. The other one, didn't come and he died. What did he say? Come, you. both." I, I don't know whether I talked about the second one. But the first one, what happened to him? He said, this guy is a married man and he's chasing other women. And the priest Spirit said, ah, he's going to die because of that sin before the end of six, 12 months. So the, the this prophet called him, come, change your ways. And he fell on his knees and repented. And the Lord forgave him. And 12 months later, they had the conference. He was there, live. The one that they said, Papa says you come and see him. says, he's not going. His wife finally said, After he died, I think he wanted to die. Because we kept reminding him. Say, Papa, say, come and see me. And the man will say no. So his wife said, I think he wanted to die. Because he was supposed to be corrected. He was supposed to be realigned. But he didn't. So somebody is coming to you and says, is he dead around you? Just tell you and say, bros, thank you, but what did I do? If you can't point finger at it, go home and go and pray yourself. Nothing. I say, how much, in fact, you know the truth, sometimes they, now don't do this often, don't do this often, in fact, no, don't do it, I won't say it. So I'm not going to be doing it now. Okay, what I going to say, just tell the guy, say, come, 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 let's leave this death matter, let's do this death matter, okay, okay? Do you need money? You know what he will tell you? Ah, bros, yes now, you know, your guy never it. that's what you should have just said, this one that you have seen death around me, it's not necessary, if you say it again, you will die, okay? But meanwhile, here, Take this 5k, go and buy food. And don't lie again. Ignorance is costly. People have sold their cars because somebody told them that. I heard a story of one man. Pastor collected his two million. You know, I was you no, know, you, you just be angry. Say me that was praying to you. When that you give me two million. The I they threatening him in his business. The Man of gonna say, You come and see me. He goes there. You will plant a dangerous seed. He brings a million. Says, Does this look dangerous to you? How can you move heaven like this? He brings another million. He says, Okay, all right. As it's going, heaven said, Leave your car.
1: He
0: said, I see a casket. It looks like your car. Heaven says, If you drive this car out of here. You know, some of them, eh? if you don't have the strength of the spirit, if you drive that car out, you look. If I just pointed the convert in front of his his mom, he said, see, he was praying for you, that he was supposed to kill you. You will bring the car back and you'll be very happy to go without your money and without your car because you are stupid. Ignorance is costly. Ignorance is costly. It denies you of the blessings of God because when you don't know what God has given you, it denies you of your reward. We'll talk about that because many people couldn't fulfill the plan of God for their lives. Someone come and tell them that the women are not supposed to preach. People ask me, are, are we allowed to preach? I say, well, I don't know. All I know, they preach all over the Bible. Say, no, women preach the Bible? Yes. I say, where? Isaiah's wife was a prophetess. Deborah was a judge in Israel. She was a prophetess. Miriam was a prophetess. Is it Philip? that has seven daughters who prophesied. I don't know what else you call that. Priscilla was a Bible teacher instructing yes. Apollos. Just by reading a few scriptures, you will know that, okay, how should I do That's a different story. And you will first established the fact that God can put an anointing upon you to go and, my own perspective, my own is very a woman can be a prophet and a teacher. At least I have examples of those two scriptures. Just by knowing that, it has freed you a bit. A lot of people are denied their reward. They cannot fulfill the assignment of God for their lives because grace cannot be released into an ignorant heart. Oh no, it can't be. Grace is activated with knowledge. It's activated with knowledge. Just to tell us some of the reasons why we have to hate ignorance. We can't afford to be ignorant. So, first of all, we must pray for it. We must cry for it from the bottom of our hearts. If you're going to read that book of Proverbs, let's just quickly read that in Proverbs. Just Let's just read a few scriptures. Proverbs chapter 2 from verse 1. It said, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, Verse 3, let's read together. If you cry for discernment, I lift your voice for understanding. Verse 4, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. That's what I wanted. He said you cry for discernment. You know, like I said, there's a Bible school downstairs here. It's good You take a course with them. Sometimes, not even a formal setting. You sit down on your own. Say, these are the books I must read. These are the things I must study. These are the messages I must listen to over the next six months. It's not a crash program or, you know, two days you're done. No. Give yourself a one-year project. In my house, we'll discuss something with the children. We have seven reasons why we read our scriptures. Can you guys remind me? Number one. One of them, to have words with which to pray. We have seven. Just give them to me at random. To know God's plan for your life, I will read the Bible. Uh-huh. To have words to pray. Uh-huh. To, understand to understand the person of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. To have a general knowledge of God. Uh-huh. To, to know the promises of God. Thank you. These are my children. I want to give them to me. There are about seven of them. Okay? We have them. I've been, I've been reciting once in a while that these are the reasons why you read the Bible. These are the reasons why you read the Bible. Okay? These things are important for your life. That's the point I'm making. He said, cry for it. Sit down and say, I must know all these things. In fact, I'm just watching my time. I don't want to keep on. too long. You cry for it. You labor for it. You labor with your time. With your money. You take a break. Like I said, you can't even tell children, they finish. Look, see, our children are not competing with anybody. I hope you get my point. Not competing with anybody. All the children i are going to say, hey, my children you are not going anywhere yet. Why? Take a course in this Bible school for me, for a year. At this, you'll get a certificate. I'll give you a diploma. Let, let me register in the formal one. Why would do the informal one at home? Where are you running to? Why do you want to go into Babylon without being fortified? Pastor Corey says something. The story tells a lot. He said one day, his father, he and his sister were going to secondary school. What we now call GSS 1. This was Form 1. And his grandfather heard. And his grandfather said, no, you can't go without being fortified. So his grandfather came with a bus. to his father's house in the morning. Took the two children. And they went to the house of 15 native doctors. The, the man said, no, he has to fortify his grandchildren before they leave home. Because so they were going to the boarding house. Federal school those days. He F- said 15. Some of them are, deep, are far in, into, some of them are inside, inside on those states. They, they, this is, they, they are from Benin. He said there are places they enter there where you see things. He some, they give you water to drink. This water you know has not seen the sun in the last 10 years. You get on that place, they bring out blade. They cut you, cut you. Rob something. Rub. They they give incantations. When they finish, the man thanks them. You he know, he's spending money. But almost eat now. He said fifteen in one day. By evening, they were done. At night, he brought them back home, and they told them nobody can kill you. You have you are now, <laughs> you have become an Obuntarige. <laughs> you have been fortified. You know, I know we will not go to shrines. But at least we should be fortified. Yes, and let me tell you something about children. Eh, they are not too young to learn the law, though. Because Samuel was a small one; he began to serve. David was a small boy when Samuel anointed him and began to train him. But there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, children, please stay at home. I need it for one more year. Why? Fortify. You will eat iron tablets, spiritual iron, tab- calcium, spiritual one, magnesium. Manganese, cadmium. In fact, I will give you radioactive element spiritually to swallow. We'll give you a course scriptures, show you how to meditate. We even not do practice. I say, Who? <laughs> then how will you answer me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. <laughs> Say, good. Now you can go to university. So I've prepared you. How do you answer temptation? Yes. You quote scripture. I hold my body in honor. You you quote, you teach them a lot of scripture. Say, good. And now you can go. What do we do always? We pray without ceasing. Very good. When we don't have money, what do we do? We give thanks. Do, Do you understand my point? You give all these scenarios and now you can go. But many of us want children to go to school. Meanwhile, all they know is biology, geography, physics, and bad English. Nothing more than that. <laughs> I want them to overcome in this life. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Let me stop you here. Next time, I will go into the other part in which what are the things we are supposed to learn. Because I want us to learn just like my children were reciting. We have to learn the character of God and the things of Christ. Very important. Next in line, we have to learn spiritual principles. Then we we'll learn the promises of God, how the Holy Spirit works. Paul said, I do not want you to be ignorant. Ignorance will quench the Spirit. You know, until I was teaching just now, what happened, the story I was telling you, all right, when things happened in 1989, 88, from 87 to 89, those stories I told, just now I've even decided that that was the walking of the Spirit that I took a book and I couldn't sit. Another brother took the book, he could not sit. What's inside the paper? You have to learn how the spirit works. And you have to learn the commandments and the ordinances of God. There's so many things to say. Because I'd like to talk about it maybe next time. The fact that knowledge puts a demand on you and John Gillick said, when a person receives new light for a deeper walk with God and refuses it, that person comes to a standstill in his Christian experience. He has set a limit on his progress. He has set a limit on his usefulness to God. That's John Gillick. We'll talk, of course, on how knowledge, how you are to approach knowledge that shocks you. And please, let's remember, I'm just giving a brief rundown of things I wanted to talk about, but I didn't get to. And then God allows, we'll continue next time. And also know the fact that each level of blessing is preceded by a new level of knowledge and understanding. Yeah, don't ever forget it. Before he, an outpouring of the Spirit comes, he first teaches us about it. You he heard the story of Charles Parham. It was through learning that he understood that the Holy Spirit comes and people speak in other tongues. Before then, many people had forgotten. We just thought, in, ah, no one of the students, was one that came to him. Lay your hands on me, I'll be filled with the Spirit. He laid hands on the guy who was filled with his spirit and he spoke in other tongues. Before that, people thought it wasn't happening. The journalism Alexander that, that, that thing limited his ministry. I, I love him. I know he was filled with the spirit, full of power. But then there were certain things he could not enter into. Because he, said, he felt that those who spoke in other tongues did not know God. And they were just being overexcited. But that's not true. We know it not to be true. We just have to have a balance. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, that's it. We know it ought to be true now. But those are the things. See, knowledge. Before God can release a new level of work for you, there's something he must teach you. And as long as you close your ears to it, you won't enter that. And let me just say this quickly because I don't know what's going to happen next time. <laughs> let us get here. Because I want to end now. In each generation, right, there's one people talk about the move of God, the move of God, the move of God. Okay? Each move of God is preceded by something, which is, again, knowledge, understanding, insight that God gave people. But the main aim of that move is not that activity, is that insight, it's that knowledge. Now, you see what I'm saying? There was a time in Nigeria, at least, let's talk about Nigeria. This from around, um, when I was in secondary school, it was, it was moving. I entered secondary school in 79. So, from the late 70s, I can say for sure, all right? into the 80s. There was this holiness movement that came to Nigeria. Deeper Life came out, you know, those things up and all of that. And it was rapidly followed, I found out, by the outpouring uh, of the Spirit and working of miracles and all of that, okay? Then after a while, we learned the word of faith came in. The word of faith will made one terrible mistake, very, very terrible mistake, okay? They began to criticize the excesses of the previous movement. Now, I emphasize the excesses, because everyone will have excesses. One of the things God did for me over the years is that I went back I said, brethren, the only, it was not only excesses they did. So I listened to Pastor W.F. Kumi's messages. Funny enough, I still got a few of them for certain reasons over the last two weeks or so. And I'm listening to them currently. Because I know when he came, he didn't come with. You know, you know, Pastor W.F. Kumi for don't do your hair, don't. Do, but go and listen to his messages. The main thing he preached was the walking of the Holy Spirit in your life. Go and listen to his messages. I found out. He wasn't spending all the time on don't wear me couple. He preached sanctification. He preached holiness. And he preached the power of the Holy Spirit. Yet, if you are a, you, you, you're a Christian, you won't listen to him. And, of course, fornication was your portion. Do you get my point? Adultery, you marry you don't stop. You know? Why? You refuse to listen to the word of holiness. The word of faith came. Prosperity came. Of course, excesses came. Somebody people said, no, God doesn't want us to prosper. He wants us to prosper. Just that it's not the primary thing. But the secondary things must be added. But for them to be added also, there's knowledge, there's understanding. So we learn things like, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So we say, in balancing it, primarily, soul prosperity. What is soul prosperity? I'm willing to endure poverty. But then, I know that God does make all grace abound towards me so that I have all sufficiency in all things and are abound to every good work. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. So in each move that has come, that's where I'm going. I'll repeat since this, this, this you know, I rushed over a few things in the last um, few minutes. Hopefully we'll get back to them later. In each move that has come, there is something that God poured through that move. For God to pour an abundant... Now, this is a prophetic word. For God to put a totality of those blessings into each life now. You know what John said? He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, listen to this. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said in each move. You have to bring everything together into your life. What am I saying? Go and get the messages on holiness. Don't let them depart from you. The messages on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, grab them. Messages on faith, propagated by people like Kenneth Hagin, EW, Kenya, and co. Please listen to them. When they Talk, Ken Hagen, I think he balanced prosperity well. A lot of people preach prosperity, they don't know what they're saying. He pre- Go and read his book, The Midas Touch. Put all those things together. The Bible says, take hold of one, don't let go of the other. You know what happens to you? When you grab all of them like that, the fullness of divine blessings will come into your life. <laughs> now, what I've said is not a joke. If I feel so strong in me that it's an instruction of the Spirit, everybody listening to this, you must be a severe... Now, I, I use my words like a uh, godomigodom sometimes. All right? <laughs> you must be a severe student of the word. You hear what I say? What did I say? Severe student of the word. Yeah, that's the only word I can use. You must be severe about it. What are you doing now? I'm on the word of holiness. i can said we should kill the flesh. So you, you get a series of messages on killing the flesh. <laughs> So are you a disciple of Willis? No, there is something Christ said through him. I have to collect my portion. Otherwise, there is a blessing you will never get. That's the truth. Let's bow down our heads. Just for a few moments, cry for understanding. Cry for it. Say, Lord, ah. ah. Open my heart. Teach me. Say, Lord, open my heart. Pray that prayer like Paul. Say, Lord, I ask you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened. Say, Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened. Lord, lead me into truth. Say, Lord, lead me into truth. That's the cry of my heart. My soul thirsts for you. Say, Lord, my soul thirsts for you. My soul thirsts for you, Lord. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, that is, Lord, earnestly I will seek you. I'm reading from Psalm 63. He said, "Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. That scripture should be your, you know, should be your own now, you know? Can you rise to your feet? Let's just read that together. No, okay, you don't need to rise. Just bring it out. Just bring it out. You can remain seated. Just read from Psalm 63, 1 to 5. All right? Let's read it together quickly. Are you there? Okay, let's wait for those who are not there yet. Psalm 63, 1 to 5. If you are there, say amen. amen. Okay. All right, I want to, let's go. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary. To see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Amen. 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 Father God, this is our prayer to you today. In the name of Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. Father, we thank you for your word that we have received this morning. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for stirring our hearts to truth. Thank you, Lord, for hunger to know more of you. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for hunger to know more of you. You've been fired up, and it's very important that that is done. Thank you. We give you praise, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, three, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out of under the darkness. All things are passed away in our lives. We are not filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is a season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Be a prophet to three persons this morning. Say this is your season. The power of God. Two more persons. Demonstration. One more person. This is your season of the demonstration of the spirit. And prophesy to yourself. Say this is my season. Demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of of Jesus Christ. Cheryl brethren. See you on Tuesday.